number five pretty excited so today we are touching base on ghost stories and taxidermy <laughs> and all things woo woo and unbelievable but believable mm-hmm. yeah yeah i would say so em i have a question just because you know we like to get started we off do with we... a with a humdinger of a question a little warm-up yeah so like from like casper the friendly ghost to like poltergeist Tell me about your last ghost slash dead person experience. Well, I've had a couple of them. Um, But to tie, I guess, our two head topics together here, I'd say it's probably kind of like a bit, a little bit of like an insidious, that like scary movie vibe. I don't watch a lot of scary movies, but I watched that one. That one freaked me the hell out. Um, But in my life, I've had a couple really close people to me pass away um and one of which has a very actively haunted my house so like and not just like casually well i mean i don't know how you can casually haunt something i'm not a ghost i don't know i don't have those answers but <laughs> just casual just stopping <laughs> by stopping by just, just gonna have lunch with you yeah, i'm just gonna knock this off so you know that i'm here and then like but i'm not gonna hurt you no but it's fine <laughs> i'm just here to so okay so to kind of dive into this, so my stepdad passed away um, 11 years ago now. And like very suddenly, like we had no idea that he was um, like had anything really wrong with him, had a massive heart attack, died within uh, 30 minutes of it happening and was pronounced dead on the side of the road. Um, anyway, so he, I, and I feel like that kind of plays into hauntings like I very actively believe in ghosts I believe that um like people come back and visit you and even if like you don't know these people that people can get tied to houses to things to whatnot when there's unfinished business so in my case my stepdad passed very suddenly and there was lots of unfinished business right so I had the funeral big long catholic three-day-long funeral with way too many people and way too much craziness. Um, Open casket, which we'll dive into later. Mm -hmm. Um, And he very actively haunted the house. And a lot of people say that, like, oh, you're just in grief. Like, it's just your grief. Like, you want this person to be around. So it's the grief in your brain basically saying that, or, like, tricking you into thinking that there's things going on. But um in my case i had my stepdad almost every night before i went to sleep i would feel somebody sit on the edge of my bed to the point where the sheets and whatnot would move like somebody like somebody's heavy is sitting on the end of your bed um i've had him move things i've heard him walking around in my house when there's nobody else there i've had one instance where i was downstairs and i could hear all and i'm again i'm by myself could hear all of the cabinets upstairs like being moved and opened and whatnot and go upstairs literally every freaking cabinet is open to the point where we started talking to him being like hey like can you stop it like this is getting annoying like i love you i know you're here but you're kind of freaking me out or you're kind of putting too much energy into this and like you're it's like scaring me like just like please stop scaring me like 
right? And so from then, and I mean, after that, like I, after he passed, I was only living in that house for, I want to say like a year or two. And then I moved in with my husband um, and have a variety of other ghost stories and whatnot from there on out. But like ever since I've moved, I haven't noticed him quite as much, but I feel him every second of when I'm in, in my mom's house. So. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a little insane. Is it ever like unsettling or is it comforting? Um, well, I'm used to it now. Like, so to me, it's like, oh, there he is. Like, he's, like, he's very much around. So you talk to like, him. Oh, like, hey, I talk to going? him all the time. All the time. I feel like um, that's the appropriate response. Like, I think To be so. like, hey, how's it going? But when it first was happening. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Especially because, like, before then, I hadn't really had any, like, super creepy, like, ghosts interactions. Like, I, like, little bits, but nothing like, like this to feeling like somebody or some invisible force is in your house. And you're not 100% sure when and what it is. And why. And why. Why are you here? Right? Yeah. Right? So it was very freaky until you kind of get used to it. And then once you kind of accept that it's something that's happening in your life and something that's just in your home, it becomes almost like a normal everyday thing. At least it did for me. So Yeah. That's fair. So it's almost like you just talk to them and you're like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, that's exactly. Awesome. Just like update them on your I've life. I've had that. Whatnot, I've, I've so. talked to a medium before who said um, when there's, uh, what do they call it? Extra, no, not, I was going to say extraterrestrials. <laughs> that's, that's not aliens. I mean. That's aliens. <laughs> that's not what I meant. Like if there's energy in your home yeah. and you're feeling that, is really just to engage with it and be mm-hmm. like, hey, I know you're here. Yeah. Just don't, you know. We're just, we're just buddies. We're just yeah, hanging out. Exactly. And I mean, in your case, you knew who it was. So that's even less scary. Yeah. Well, after I kind of figured it out and kind of been like, okay, like, when the things would move or things would happen and whatnot, like, it never felt nefarious. Right. Like, it felt more or less like there's just stuff, like, kind of going on. And then why I related it to Insidious is in the movie, they kind of do astral projection inside this, like, creepy house. And they see all of the ghosts kind of playing in a loop oh. on the other side of the veil. So to me, it felt very much like my stepdad was just on the other side of the veil, like doing things to kind of let us know that he's here. Right. So. And you feel like he has unfinished business and that's oh, why absolutely. he's here. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So that's my little story. So my lovely friend Dee from Casper, the friendly ghost to the poltergeist, how has your experience been with ghosts and dead bodies? Well. You do know that this is my favorite topic. I know. I'm very excited. And honestly, when we were thinking about this, I'm like, I would relate it to like one of the ghosts off of like Scooby-Doo that's like not actually a ghost. It's like a really misunderstood person. (laughs) Because we all know the real ghosts are humans. Yeah. They're the real scary ones. Yes. Right? Humans are kind of disgusting most of the time. Yes. So, um, my experience is pretty wide, um, in the spiritual realm, but also in the physical dead body realm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, obviously working in, um, a healthcare setting, I am around, uh, lots of people that are deceased, um, from time to time, helping families. Um, but then also I find that on days when a client, um, or patient has, died or something has happened I I always know like I know before I go into work sometimes I dream about them and I actually see them in a really beautiful white light um and they're not sick anymore which is really beautiful um and then I wake up and I'll check the paper or I'll go into work and I realize that they had had indeed uh died Mm -hmm. alternatively um I I've just had really like I don't know I've had really great experiences and I I 
I'm always interested for people that find it really scary and like it's really taboo. Like I want to talk to them because this is something we will all experience. And this used to be part of our everyday lives. Like people, the death rate was so high for even infants and children and that people were dying around all the time. Yeah. But now with medical technology and, you know, advances, um, it's, it's, well, we were just talking to a friend who's, 27 and has yet to have a loss in his life mm -hmm. and I think that's it's wonderful that's like, great I'm very happy but that's him. really going to add to your grief when you haven't experienced that until you're a grown adult and don't know how to cope yeah so yeah and I would say it just hits you hard it hits you different right mm -hmm. um but in regards to my ghost experiences lots of those too mm -hmm. which is really great and I was just saying to Em before we got started she kind of reminded me that my um great grandma actually who I was really close with she visits me in dreams to give me messages and they're always like, uh, what's the word? Like in disguise, like the Scooby-Doo ghost. <laughs> so she comes into my dream and she's like upset about something and she's trying to find somebody. So there was a dream where she was trying to, she was upset and she was mad. And she was trying to find my mom to tell her something really important. And what we had found out was that a generational um, piece of jewelry, um, when we had always thought had a real diamond in it was actually a fake diamond. And it was, I had that dream a day after my mom had dropped her piece of jewelry and it broke. Um, and if, for those that don't know, diamonds don't break. Nope. They can so crack. So they can crack, but they don't they just They don't just break shatter. on, um, like a linoleum floor. No, when you drop them. Right. That too. Yeah. You would have to put some <laughs> substantial pressure mm -hmm. into it. So yeah, I mean, and to be honest with you, like I find those dreams really comforting. I'm always really confused until I figure out what the message is, like what she's trying to tell me. And every time I've gone to a medium or a psychic, I always try to connect with her specifically because I find she's the most um, secretive. Mm -hmm. And there's other people that I've passed on that I have no problem connecting to, um, but she is someone I always have trouble connecting to. Yeah. But then she'll show up randomly in my dreams and she's got some sort of like weird something ass message. Say. She's yeah. got something to say. So I'm just convinced that she's lazy and doesn't want to leave her little <laughs> spiritual world. I'm saying that, Nana. Yeah, you're right. just lazy. You lazy, lazy lady. Um, and then she just shows up when she wants to and she's like, bitch, I got something to tell you. Yeah, and I'm like, like, all right, I'm here, to, I'm here to hear it because I'm sleeping and I can't wake myself up from dreams if <laughs> I wanted to. So here we are. So yeah, I find it really, um, really comforting in some ways odd yeah. and unusual way absolutely yeah <laughs> so yeah so I mean I I think that there's lots we can talk about when it comes to this but I did want to ask a little bit more about your experience with bodies yes so after a person has died a lot of people find that like really scary like seeing a dead body is like very unsettling and I've been to a many a funeral I think the closer the person is I mean at least in my own personal experience the closer the person is to you the harder it is to see them in a casket not moving and like they look like they are alive like they look like they're just sitting there having a little sleep yeah for like sure. so the only like two really like influential deaths in my life that really like stand out with open caskets and whatnot was uh, my grandmother um and i remember being very young and seeing her and like all like i come from a huge family like my mom has 15 brothers and sisters very very catholic um, so when it, it is insane, it, I mean, like birth control and I, I was just going to say, it's just not <laughs> condoms a thing. were not a thing. No condoms and birth control and like the pill, not a thing like yeah, that. We don't need that shit. That's the devil knocking at your door. 
Um, no, the devil is the 15 children that need your attention yes. at 2 o'clock yes. in the morning. That, just that is the devil. Out yeah. On their own after on their a while. Own. They just anyway. fall out. She just Literally, be exercising. Just, like, they just smell out. And there it goes. Baby just slides out. Oh, there's another one. Henry, cut the umbilical cord. I'm like, I'm going to get a kitchen knife. <laughs> oh She's like god. doing gardening. She's just like, like literally. Oh my god. Yeah. So okay, but that, but that, that was my grandmother. And yeah, she had died. Okay. Like, um, and I can remember like all of my aunts and uncles going up and like touching her, kissing her, like whatnot. And then my mom being like, well, you have to like say goodbye to grandma. Like you have to like. Like, at least, like, hold her hand or something. And I can remember at a very young age being like, fuck no. Like, I'm not touching her. Are you kidding me? Like, that thing's dead. <laughs> like, why should I say thing? That's not grandma. <laughs> because I was very aware at, like, a young age that, like, that was my grandmother, but she was no longer there. Right. Right? So having to then touch a, the empty vessel of my grandmother freaked me the fuck out. And I was like, no, thank you. I'm good. Thanks, no thanks. So then to bring it back to when my stepdad died, I was like 17 when he died. Um, and so I remember that funeral very vividly. Big, long celebration. And I say celebration very loosely. Um, with him in a casket for three days long, having a bunch of people look at him, whatever. So the first day when you come into the funeral, like you get like, I want to say like an hour or whatnot with just the immediate family viewing the body and whatnot. And I can remember like my grandmother just like holding his head and like touching him and like like basically like like just not not all over him but like smoothing out his shirt touching his face like kissing his forehead and then my mom just kept like kissing him kissing him and just kind of like like was like very, right very on the upset. lips right on the lips and i can remember sitting kind of like over in like a, like away from the body like a, probably a good like 10 15 feet away being like like, what is going on? Like, what? Like, this is, like, this is a lot to deal with, right? Okay, I can remember my mom being like, hey, like, come say bye. Like, it's his time to go. Like, like you have to, this is, like, a chapter that you have to close. And I can remember being like, like, no. I don't want to. No, no. no. And so, she's like, nope, M, you have to. Like, you have to do this. This is, a, like, a part of the grieving process. So, I'm like, okay, fine. So I get over to the the casket and I don't know who who did his embalming and I don't know like I'm laughing now but it's super morbid but like <laughs> you could here this is what we're here for <laughs> this is a whole part of this podcast you could see the stitching and I don't know if it's because like my grandma kept touching him my mom kept touching him and whatnot but you could literally see the stitching in his like on the inside of his lips and on his eyes like Ugh. you could see that like fine it was like a fine stitching basically keeping his eyes closed and keeping his mouth closed like. And I can remember, and, like, just he was in his favorite Hawaiian shirt and, like, these raggedy-ass shorts that he refused to throw out. So we're like, guess what? We're burying you in them. <laughs> That's um, And we had put, like, a bunch of his, like, favorite things kind of, like, in and around him in the casket. Like, he ended up getting um, cremated, but it was, like, a very symbolic thing for the three days because he was sitting, basically, and we're like, we don't want you to get bored. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so I can remember kind of coming up to him and my mom being like, you have to touch him. Like, you can't not, you have to. So, and I was like, and I can remember basically just like putting my hand on his hand and feeling like the cold kind of like, I don't know, like almost waxiness mm-hmm. of like his skin and just being like, okay, I did it. I'm good. I'm 
good. Like, and, yeah. like, and that was enough for me. Like, I'm not, I'm sorry. Like, I, it freaked me out that he was sitting there and I'm waiting for him to just kind of like get up and start joking and get up to, <laughs> and kind of be like, okay, hey, like somebody go grab me a course light. Like, let's just like, whatever. Let's get the Where's party the, started. Where's the snacks? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's where I got my, I think my, my aptitude for snacks from, but <laughs> anywho, so, um, yeah, and it was very freaky to me to have all of these people kind of coming through and being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for your loss. And then I'm not being able to connect that dot until much later being like, well, like he's going to get up in a minute. Like you guys are freaking out for nothing. Like he's going to just like kind of get up and join us and whatever. Like this, this is not a big deal. But by the third day of having to go through all of this and people crying and hugging me and giving me these, like, really bullshit little handshakes. Oh, of, like, God. And like, the, the head nod. Like, oh, are you okay? Yeah, like, how oh, are you? Like, how are you really? It's like, I'm going to tell you exactly how I am in a processional of people with 50 people behind you. No. I'm fine, thanks. I'm fine. Thanks Thank for you. coming. Move along, Diane. Like, <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Um, it was It was a lot. It was, like, and I'm thankful that I got to see him before he was cremated and, like, kind of experience that, although it was very freaky for me, um, and it made me very uncomfortable, and I would personally not like to do that myself. Um, should I die? Should and when I die? Um, when? When? <laughs> well, you you don't know what technology is going to happen between now and, like, 50 years from now. I could be immortal. Who knows? You could be. Um, But I probably am not. <laughs> when I die, because I don't have luck. We don't, you and I both don't have that kind of luck. True. So, when I die, I would love, and like I said in our last death episode, like, cremated or something. You're not seeing my dead body sit around for a couple days. Sorry, not sorry. Like, But this. you've come to those conclusions. Like, you've yeah. learned. Lived yes. and learned. Yes. Because I, I personally find having a dead body sitting in a casket for everybody to touch, see, feel, whatever, uncomfortable. So, yeah. And I don't want that. And that is your epistemology. That's yes, where you is. come from. That's your, like, who you are. And mm-hmm. honestly, like, I've, I've had a lot of time to think about this over the years. And I'm fairly convinced that being, so what it sounds like, your stepdad was embalmed. Um, yes. Which is, you know, that formaldehyde solution that's mm-hmm. inserted into the body. Um, there's lots of makeup applied to the person. Yeah. Um, and then they sew the eyes and mouth shut. Yes. And really, that is the human version of taxidermy. Yes. So we we think, some some people think, and animal, you know, people, and there are, there are people out there that think taxidermy is a little bit morbid. And those are the same people that are like, let's embalm everybody. Yeah. And like, it's <laughs> let's trying to do that to a human and body. And I think that's so hard for people to see in some ways. And it depends because my grandma's age, so my grandma is probably seven, she's 73. So her generation finds that really comforting. Like, oh, they look so peaceful. They look so real. Like, this is what they looked like, you know, two months ago before they died or, you know, maybe a year ago before their illness or whatever. Um, But then other people, and I think naturally, deep down, our instincts have a hard time with that. Yes. Because then it tricks our mind into saying, they look alive. Yes. And I I genuinely believe that's why we're scared of dead bodies. Mm -hmm. Because they look like they're going to open their eyes and just like, um, hey, grab me a Coors Light. Yeah. Like, I'm thirsty. What are you doing? Beesh. Let's go. (laughs) So I think that that's like super problematic Mm -hmm. and that, you know, embalming, although comforting for some people is actually super uncomfortable for other people Absolutely. when really all we probably need in some, some sense is a little bit of education. So like, 
you know, when people die, like, you know, all of, we're, we're just full of muscles and ligaments, right? And so they all just kind of relax. And fluids so, as well, right? Right. And so all the fluids come out of you, kind of the ones that can be easily extracted, extracted um, come out of you and your jaw hangs open. And usually if you die with your eyes open, they remain open. Um, and I've been in a lot of situations where family members are like, close her eyes. And I'm like, I'll just have to stand here with my hands on her eyeballs then because they're not going to close. Yeah. Um, so certain times I've actually like tried, like I, I hold it and sometimes it'll stay. Um, there's other ways you can kind of reposition the head that the jaw kind of stays shut, like put a pillow under their chin for mm -hmm. a bit. And then when rigor mortis sets in, it'll kind of harden, mm -hmm. closed. Other than that, yeah, funeral homes, part of the embalming process and the um, preparation for an open casket is to sew and or glue the eyes and mouth shut, mm -hmm. which is not always great. I've actually had kids come back to me and say like, so-and-so is crying. And I'm like, that's the glue. Oh <laughs> and it's God. awful because what it does is, and I see the benefit. I see the benefit. And for some people that provides closure, but it's a mind fuck. Yes. Because for other 100%. people, it's like, she's crying or yeah. her lips are so sewed shut or his yeah. eyes are sewed shut. And that's a mind fuck. And so when we make these bodies look real, that really messes us up. Yes, absolutely. And so I think that that is half the problem why we are like so concerned about, you know, bodies and they're going to come back. And I'm not going to lie to you. I not that long ago was helping um, because of the COVID virus, which we're currently living in, um, had the opportunity to um, help assist a body into its bag. <laughs> for lack of better terms. And because of COVID right now, some funeral homes are using almost like a tarp. So it's a tarp that has a zipper on it. Mm -hmm. um, you basically lift the body into it. It's huge. Um, you zip it around the person, you kind of tuck it under. And unfortunately they tie these kind of like strings and ropes around the head and feet. Mm -hmm. And it's not pretty. It's not pretty for families to see. Um, it looks like they pulled the body out of like water or something, mm -hmm. right? Like a out of a crime scene. Mm -hmm. But I have to say it was really, really interesting because I come with this experience. Um, I'm not going to brag and say I know everything because I don't, but I do come with a little bit of experience. I'm not super scared of dead bodies. But this woman, right after she died, she actually, her, her mouth was gaping open. Her eyes were open. Um, she was quite elderly. Like she was probably, I don't know, 92 or something. Yeah. This tiny little old lady still in her nightgown. And she was going straight to be cremated and there was no family. So we lifted the body into the bag and even though i'm looking at her not embalmed just as dead as it comes yeah. <laughs> like stiff as a board stiff as a board like when we picked her up it was like picking up a board i still was ready for like ashton kutcher to come out and say pumped <laughs> just like <laughs> the woman sits up grabs my hand like and i think that is also like a this is like you know our, our TV, like our media, like this is what we're so used to is like the zombie apocalypse. And yeah. like this woman's all of a sudden her eyes are going to gloss over and she's and right she's back. back. Like, yeah. hello, I'm here. And it's like, oh my God, no, that's not okay. But I just, you know, I think we just need to get kind of comfortable with that. Like, yes. you know, as healthcare workers, we have to be like, okay, I'm okay. I'm comfortable with this. And I know that this woman is not going to grab my wrist. Although I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of convinced as I was putting her hands on her tummy that she was going to grab my hand <laughs> and I think people really struggle with that so I think that's totally valid that you felt that way about your stepdad but um it's just something to kind of I don't know to think about right yeah, is that taxidermy 100%. for humans where 
if we, and you see, if you've ever seen good taxidermy, it literally looks like the deer is alive. Yep. It literally looks, and it can last a long time. Absolutely. Like those taxidermied like foxes and stuff last for years in museums. Absolutely. (laughs) So, and I know that they die naturally, which is um, nine times out of 10. So that's fantastic. However, it it is a little freaky Mm -hmm. for sure. A hundred percent. So I feel like that's totally valid for people to be kind of weirded out about it. Absolutely. But um, I do, I've heard lots of times people like, they never wore that lipstick color. And in the future, Emma and I have talked about um, potentially having somebody from a funeral home or somebody that does uh, funeral makeup come to talk to us because I, love that. I think we have lots of questions. Oh, we I very naturally do. And I think I've talked to funeral home uh, directors before and they've said, you know, if you can see the stitching and the eyes and the glue, they did a poor job. Yes. And that's how I felt too about seeing my stepdad like that. Like I <clears throat> like even at 17 and not necessarily knowing what the difference between a good embalming and a bad embalming. I just thought being able to very visibly see the stitches was a, like, telltale sign of, like, hey, somebody either, like, rushed this <laughs> or, like, it just wasn't very well done. Like, I, I to me, it just felt like it was something yeah. that was, was breezed through and then it's like, okay, done, next. Yeah. Like, right? So. And I think, like, if you think back to, like, our more cavemen days, um, when somebody died, depending on if they were close or far away from us in relation, um, we we would have never had that. So we would have saw them um, looking, for lack of better terms, uh, more dead Very than dead. alive. Very yes. dead. Eyes are probably open. Jaw is probably open. Not always, of course, depending on the position they're in and the way mm-hmm. their body is. Um, and I think that our our instincts and our, physi- like, physiologically, we would be able to accept and grieve differently yes this person is full shizzle dead like the most the, dead the most you dead. Can get. and they're not coming back no and because can, they don't look right <laughs> exactly and it closes that chapter i think mentally for you right. to kind of be like okay this person was living they are no longer living that so chapter that, is that is an empty vessel like yes. what you said whereas when they look very alive and they're wearing their favorite clothes yeah. and all their favorite things around them it can be lovely for some people and really shitty for other yeah. people. Yeah. And that's really all I think. And I do just want to just talk a little tiny bit about taxidermy. If you know about taxidermy, please. Yes. Haul at you girls. <laughs> because we are hella curious um, about that process and what that's like. I because it works. I have an image in my head of the kind of person who does taxidermy. <laughs> yeah. You're straight out of a horror movie. I know. <laughs> No, but I mean, we don't know you yet, right? We don't know you, so you should prove us wrong. Exactly. Um, I'm just very curious because I used to think that about funeral home directors and people who do embalming, but they are like the coolest cats ever. Yeah, absolutely. They're the most awesome people. Mm -hmm. And and they, honestly, I've I've actually heard funeral home directors and embalmers say that they find this is their service. Like this is their service to humankind is to do this and give families compassion and closure and help them in whatever way they want help. So I'm curious what the thought process is about taxidermy. And I'm curious if anyone out there or any taxidermist has ever done it to a pet. Oh, absolutely. You I'm think sure that's they happened? Have. Yeah. Because 100%. these kids I babysit, they um, have a giant golden doodle with white uh, fluff. So cute. And uh, he, they, they uh, made a comment one day that they wanted to stuff the dog when he died. <laughs> And use him as a rug, which I have to say, I've seen shag carpets that look like his fur. Yes. To be fair. Yes. They might be psychopath. They the children. M- they probably. They might be Maybe. sociopaths. 
They might be. They might be. However, he does have a shaggish looking fur. Shag carpet-ish yes. looking fur. Yes. So I'm curious, do people ever make their dog's fur into a rug? Or is that just straight or like fucked up? a blanket. Or a or blanket. Like, like, I have a friend who literally has, a, like, a baby bear, like, their skin and their head, like, mounted on their wall. A and baby bear. A baby bear. Oh a, a, it's like a small black bear. Oh. I know. It's terrible. But anyway. Friend who's listening, you know exactly who what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've told you this before. Um, anyway, but, like, I can only imagine that, like, certain people, especially because, like, pets become such, like, an integral part of your family, doing something like that. Or, like, stuffing them like they were the day or two before they died and then just having them in, like, a corner of your house or on a shelf or, like, in a case. And there's Fluffy just, like, chilling over there with their favorite toys and whatnot. We loved Fluffy. We loved Fluffy so much, we stuffed her. (laughs) And is it expensive? Yeah, like, and then how much would that be? Because I think a lot of people, they'll do... Like, I know this, like, one person on Instagram that does taxidermy on um, squirrels and, like, dresses them up. Um, <laughs> and mice! Yeah, I little mice! And, like, puts them in, like, little ah. situations and whatnot. Oh, little my God. situations! <laughs> like, can you imagine? You just have, like, little mice having tea. Yeah, like, literally, that's what they do. And then post, like, pictures of it on Instagram, right? So, I, I mean, I'm sure people would probably be like, I still want to interact with my pet and have them stuffed and whatnot. And, and just have tea with them. And just ha- do stuff like that, right? Like, not that you can move the body after it's been stuffed, but, like... Oh, well, maybe you can. I don't well, know. Exactly. These are maybe. questions we have. Exactly, but... They like, need to be answered by a more professional human. By someone who knows exactly what they're talking about, because we, we don't. Well, we do not. No. However, I do find that it is an art. Mm-hmm. And people are bringing it back in weird-ass ways by stuffing squirrels and making them have dinner parties. Yes, absolutely. And I love that for them. Yep. Because, you know, they're costumes. not they're not doing it to humans that are alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious if there's anyone out there who likes to embalm humans and do taxidermy. Ooh. Where's like the line? Business. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you only have so many humans, so then you run out of humans on the weekend, you do animals. Yeah, if you want to. Or people, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Go, like, I'm genuinely curious. Absolutely. Or people who go hunting and they're like, oh, my God, this is the biggest, like, deer, whatever, blah, 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 that I've been able, that I've shot. I want to keep its head or I want to like stuff it and do like this or whatever or I want to keep its antlers or whatever it is like how people come in what they bring in what's the most popular animal basically that they bring in and how that process works yeah totally and I'm curious like you know and we'll have to do some some research on this M because I think that some humans have kept human heads before so I would not be surprised I feel like there's there's some Aztec shit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or some true crime shit. Too. Whoa! Yes! yes. <laughs> also, like, skin lamps? Yeah. You got tattoos? You won't be a skin lamp. Oh, my God. Okay, so I saw on Instagram the other day that there was this actual doctor out of Tokyo, and he would fund or give people money to get tattoos from, like, these really elaborate, beautiful tattoos on the condition that after they died, he got to keep their skin. <laughs> and he would literally embalm their skin and whatnot and keep they them in a personal collection of his own. He had over 2,000 skins of people with tattoo and whatnot art because he was obsessed with tattoos. Over in ta- like I will link that Instagram post to this episode because y'all are going to see it. I mean, it's freaky and it's weird, but at the same time, I found it very fascinating. 
So is he only asking people that are old and or have a terminal illness dying? Oh, no, anyone. Basically saying, like, oh, you want to go get a tattoo? Here, I'll give you, like, $2,000 to go get your tattoo on the condition that after you die, however you die, like, not that you're going to die, like, immediately, but, like, at the end of your life, even if it's 40 years down the road, I get to keep your skin. And people said yes. How old is he? Uh, he I think he's dead now. Like, um, but he was known as, like, Dr. Tattoo in... Uh, in Tokyo. And, like, he was born, like, sometime, I think, in, like, the early 20s. Probably died in, like, the ni- like 80s or 90s or whatever. But, like, collected over 2,000 skins in his lifetime. And, like, his son... So who son, keeps those now? I don't know. I think they're in a museum. Man, humans are spectacular. They're pretty cool. I, I gotta guess, say. Yeah, they are. Everybody, I mean, you know what? Different strokes for different folks, right? That's true. But Let your freak flag, flag fly. Yes! We're about it. Mm-hmm. I have one last question about this topic. Yes, let's do it. Because it's something I've never been brave enough. Um, I think that I hold a pretty spiritual existence. Yes. And I'm just not there to use a Ouija board. (gasps) Right. Okay. So I've only ever used a Ouija board, I think, once in my life. And I'm... I, from my vibe of what happened with it was... I I freaked me the fuck out. But, like, my other friends that I was with, they were all like... Like, it's hilarious. And they were all convinced it was one of our friends just, like, kind of doing, like, moving the, um, oh, gosh, what is that called? I wanted to Google this before we started, but then I didn't. The little thing, um, what the fuck? Planchette. Okay. So my friends basically decided that, like, or thought, like, oh, whatever. It was just all fun and games. Like, is my one friend moving the planchette around, and it was... It's fine, like whatever. So we were in the basement of my good friend's house. The same friend actually that has the baby bear hanging up on their wall, coincidentally. Um, Not coincidentally. No. no. They love death stuff too. Yeah. Um, Anywho, so. Get over here, girlfriend. Yes. Let's chat next time. Yes. You know who you are. Bring your baby. Um, (laughs) True. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so we were in the basement of her house, and she lived in one of the century homes of my town. And my town is the, like, hometown, so it's, like, pretty dang old. Um, like, so this house we're in, it's got, like, a like a dirt floor, basement, basement. This house is, like, 200 years old type vibe. So we take out the Ouija board at, like, 14, because we're incredibly stupid. Um, and Who we start- owns it? Her? Uh, I believe so. Oh, I believe so. I forget exactly who brought the Ouija board and whose it was. Like, where do you even buy one? Uh, you can Amazon buy them at Walmart. Sure. You, you can, can buy them, them at Walmart. Walmart. Stop. You can. You can oh, buy them on Amazon. Yes. You can buy them at Walmart in the game section. Like, yeah, like, it's a thing. Anyway, um, so we started asking it questions and we start being like, hey, like, who are you? Like, um, and it would move the planchette around to, like, spell out the name and whatnot. And it was a, a man. I forget the name of this said ghost but literally every time we asked it questions like it would answer it and whatnot and then does it got, give you the name like does it tell you oh yeah name? you like well I, like we asked it if it like its name and it told us do you remember it spelled it out i don't remember to be completely honest i remember just being like freaked out and being like i have to go but i, okay, I feel, thomas like yeah <laughs> like but i feel like if i put take my fingers off of this thing that this ghost is gonna like haunt me because I haven't properly said goodbye to it yet because the whole point of doing a Ouija board is you say hello you welcome the like the ghost or the spirit or whatever to like communicate with you and then when you're done you have to say goodbye and basically rid the ghost of the space or else it's like around 
and like the business that you have with it is unfinished and that could kind of bring on bad vibes we could bring on like a really like ter- like terrifying like ghost experience right because you're basically allowing bringing pulling the energy of this ghost to the forefront of where you are without properly expelling it right, right. so now it's stuck so now it's stuck so it's and gonna... it can get pissed off right so um yeah so it got to a point where we were asking it a bunch of questions and then it's and I'm again I'm not sure if it was this ghost or if it was my friend just fucking around but it got to a point where it would literally make us like flip the board like it would go to the end and then we would be like oh what and my one friend was like oh we'll just flip the board and so we flipped the board and then it would like go on the back of the board and then flip the board again and then answer like a question and I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's an actual thing or if somebody who's very well versed in Ouija boards can be like, oh yeah, that was just your friend fucking around or like, hey, maybe this means this. But I can remember being like, no, we're saying goodbye right fucking now. Like, this is enough. I'm Thank done. So much. I'm Do done. I so I literally was like, yeah, no, goodbye. And then my friends were all like, oh my God, like you're such a, like, you're such a baby. Like, it's just for fun. I'm like, ah, uh-uh, I'm going home. Called my mom, left. Like, <laughs> night night, like, bitches. Night night. Not ready to be haunted for the rest of my life. Damn. Thank you. And it was also just the way that we did it too, because we were in like the like the sub basement of this old house, no lights, candles, like basically asking to be murdered by a ghost. <laughs> like you're well, you're asking for potentially bad spirits, and mm-hmm. that's what I get mm-hmm. anxious about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what if it's bad energy that yes. comes to you? Hundred percent. You can't dictate that it's a nice, friendly Casper you, yeah, ghost. Yeah, you have no idea. That's and some poltergeist shit. Exactly. And I have not touched a Ouija board since then. Oh, that's probably for the best. Yes, I hear that. Yes, man. So, touch on a couple fun things. Yeah, about that's awesome today. So, well, very interesting. Yeah. And so, of course, please. Tell us your story. Yes, we are going to be doing a listener episode within the next few episodes where we want to hear your ghost stories. We want to hear your funeral stories. We want to hear your dating stories. Your Anything. bad sex, your, your good sex. Your good sex. Your favorite the, toys. Exactly. The most awkward sex experience you've ever had or even if you have a really good losing your virginity story. Anything. We want to hear the good, the bad, and all about bumping those uglies. We do. So, and of course, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify. At La Petite Mort Pod. We're also on Apple Podcasts. Um, and we are SoundCloud. on SoundCloud as well. Yeah. yeah. So we are so, so, so Ooh. excited and whatnot to be on episode five to keep things kind of going. and So engage with us. Exactly. All right, so, everyone. So until, until next, next time. time When When in in doubt, doubt, lube it out. And write a will. Bye. Bye.